What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. This is the show where we talk about the biggest storylines in the NFL. We prepare you for the week to come. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. And with me, as always, from Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Good day, sir. Stats, how's it going? I want to know right now, what are you looking forward to eating over the course of the weekend? I yesterday discovered a new lunch place in my town called the Everyday Gourmet. And I've lived in this town for years, never noticed it, tried it yesterday, blew my mind how good it was. So you're planning on going back already this weekend? I might have to. That's, you know, that's where we are with the lunch situation. Well, I find you to be a great host, Stats, but terrible job right there. You didn't even tell us what you had to eat. Like, you're like, oh, man, I went there to this place. It was the bomb. It was delicious. And it wasn't anything spec. Like, it was just a chicken club. Chicken, cheese, lettuce, tomato, mayo, bacon. Okay, we're like, talking chips. We're talking French fries. We're talking nope. fruit cup. Like nothing else. Just the sandwich. Just the sandwich. Oh, dude, no, you're a weirdo. I, I'm sorry, you can't do that. That's not allowed. There's only one kind of sandwich you can eat alone, and it's chicken salad. That's it. If you, eat, if you're eating like a regular chicken sandwich, you gotta have, you know, like some sort of like side situation going on. Normally, I'd be right there with you, but they didn't offer a bunch of sides at the place. And I didn't wow. like the chips that were there, so I just went with the sandwich. But it was it was a big sandwich, so we were good. The EDG doesn't have a lot of side dishes. You hate yep. to see it. Everyday gourmet, baby. RJ's got a new mic arm. People can't see it, but uh, it looks good, RJ. You look professional. Yeah. I feel like Casey Kasem, uh, you know what I mean, like on, on the ones and twos and stuff. And so what I really need now is one of those plastic sheets for under my desk chair so I can like push away, you know what I mean, and like go grab another record or something like that. So um, Casey Kasem's a DJ, right? Did I mess that up? Yes, he is a DJ. He right, was that's a DJ. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I was just, is that the most like famous like disc jockey of all time? I feel like Howard Stern. Well, I mean, you know, that's fair, but... <laughs> I got close. I mean, you know what I mean? I got, I'm in the neighborhood of very famous DJs. Here's why I bring up the mic arm for people that don't know. So RJ asked me like, hey, should I get a new mic? I want one of those arms. So, And I have certain things that I geek out about. Like once, I, once it gets brought up, I go down like a rabbit hole. So as soon as you mentioned it to me, I was like, stop everything. Let me start Googling and researching. And I like Googled a bunch of sites, found the one that you should get, sent it to you. You ordered it. It's working out fabulous. But what you don't know is that sent me down a YouTube rabbit hole. I did no work for like 45 minutes. I feel so accomplished knowing that stats. I actually was going to ask you, there's a piece of the MyCom that I don't know what to do with. It's a little tiny uh, like silver screw on thing. And I'm worried that by not having put it anywhere that the whole thing is going to blow up. But uh, but either way, right now we're here or operational. And that is um, that's the goal at the very least. So if you have something that 
We'll send you down a rabbit hole that'll stop all work. Hit us up in the comments. You can hit us up on Twitter at Stats on Fire or at RJ Ochoa. We'd love to hear it. Uh, we all have those one or two things that sort of like stop our world. And so for me, you didn't ask what mine was. Cool. Nice. What is it? <laughs> I like going through like covers of songs. Like one of my favorite, one of my like go to YouTube things is this piano cover of, and it's like, I wouldn't say it's a mashup. But it's uh, like a blend of Viva La Vida by Coldplay and Love Story by Taylor Swift. And so, somebody starts off, it's it's these two pianos and they're playing Love Story by Taylor Swift. And it just, at, at the like apex of it, they go straight into Viva La Vida. And it's super cool because it's like... Dun, 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 dun. The only thing cooler than hearing it is hearing you do it. So you are not a Coldplay fan. What a shocker. Stats. I love Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Sure you do. I can also play two different keyboards at the same time. So there you go. You All can? right. Yes. Wow. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to that. What we're going to do on this show, uh, before we get into some of the games this week, we're going to get into a story that I saw coming out of Baltimore because RJ loves to paint me as a Lamar Jackson hater. And I am not a Lamar Jackson hater. And I saw this story and I wanted to defend Lamar because ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that people around the league have told him, quote, this might be the year that everybody figures out Lamar Jackson, which I think is completely ridiculous, RJ, and I loved Lamar's response, which was, we're going to see, but I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. Like, why do we treat Lamar differently than we treat every other quarterback? I actually would say specifically, why do we treat Lamar differently than we treat Patrick Mahomes? Right, like Patrick Mahomes, the story, I love Patrick Mahomes, so I don't want to get painted as a Mahomes hater. But something you and I both um, almost damaged our corneas from was the eye roll we had uh, when the Chiefs had their first round bye last year. And Patrick Mahomes said that he was watching um, the two games involving the potential teams that Kansas City might play, and he was taking notes on the Cleveland Browns. And so... I mean, every football fan in the universe was like, this guy is so prepared. He is ready for anything. He studies. It's like, yeah, what a weird concept that he would do his job. Um, <laughs> you know, but so my point, and you said something that or, or that week to me, Stats, that I have not forgotten because Stats is uh, full of wisdom. Stats is almighty and Stats is the best. And you said... <laughs> We don't have to invent reasons why Patrick Mahomes is awesome. There are already enough real ones. And so I feel like Lamar gets the opposite of that exact specific treatment. Now we have to invent these reasons why he's not good. It's not. It's no longer enough for people to tear him down for his skill set, which isn't even worthy of tearing down. But now we have to come up with this like, well, why, why is Lamar the only quarterback who is going to be figured out in 2021? Why, why isn't Josh Allen? Same, same draft class. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't Baker Mayfield? Why is Lamar Jackson the only quarterback ever whose greatness is going to be inhibited by being in the NFL for too long? And I don't even like the implication, RJ. Like, Lamar Jackson hasn't been successful because he's been tricking everybody all this time. He's been successful because he's got the balls of a daytime burglar and he can flat out play. Like, I don't get it. It's not the scheme that's been tricking people. It's the fact that you cannot tackle Lamar Jackson one-on-one -on -one in the open field. And if he has to, he can fire a bullet 25 yards down the field on a line. Like, it's his ability 
That's why he's good, not because people are mystified as to what he's doing out there. Yeah, I mean, it sort of, to me, feels like, and I don't want to compare Lamar to anything because people do that too often and, like, get away from who he is and how great he is as a quarterback. But to me, it is kind of like like a great basketball player. You know what I mean? Like, you could be the best, like, defensive player in the NFL or NBA, but, like, if somebody is great, like, you like you can only get in LeBron's way so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, the greatness of who he is is going to overpower and going to shine through eventually. And that's Lamar, right? Like, fine, you can scheme up whatever you want to do defensively. You can draft whoever you want. You can get certain assets on your defense to feel prepared for it. But at the end of the day, he is inordinately talented. He is talented in an extremely unique way. And so, yeah, he's un- – so I, I understand the, like, smallness of brains here, and I'm not accusing Jeremy Fowler of this, but uh, of, of, like, looking at Lamar as this unique player and so thinking, oh, well, that's something different. So all they have to do is think about this and they'll figure out a way to stop. It's like, no, just because it's not popular doesn't mean it's easy to stop. It's difficult. It's just rare. It's a rare talent. Um, Lamar is super underappreciated, and it sucks. Youngest quarterback ever to win the MVP award in the entire history of the league. Now, I will say, if anything's going to get, quote-unquote, figured out, I think it's going to be Greg Roman's offense because I think Greg Roman, his stuff, I think, is honestly kind of stale. Like, if he didn't have such an incredible playmaker like Lamar, I don't think the offense would function Um, because I feel like Greg Roman's running a lot of the same stuff he did with Colin Kaepernick in 2012, and that was a long time ago. So, like, if Lamar does struggle a little bit, I put the blame more on the fact that, one, Greg Roman's calling the plays, and, two, the Ravens have not put enough around him for him to have the weapons that other great quarterbacks have. So it, the idea that Lamar himself is going to be figured out, I think, is is too easy when, in reality, there are other places where we should point the finger. Yeah, and I also feel for Lamar and feel proud of us, no big deal, uh, because – what will happen is the Baltimore offense will struggle because the Baltimore offense outside of Lamar is not great, right? Like, you know, Lamar's best pass catching option as far as receivers go right now, healthy, like the most healthy one is Sammy Watkins, right? Like, you know, Marquise Brown and, and Rashad Bateman, there's a lot of hope and promise there. But what will happen is they will miss time and even Sammy Watkins will miss time. And at the end of this season, people will be like, yep, told you got figured out the Ravens <laughs> right. Ravens shouldn't pay him it's like no <laughs> like why don't you get you know like on the on the to go back to Mahomes like why don't you get him a stable set of pass catchers that are elite and I do think you know we bag on the Ravens I think they've tried like they drafted Rashad Bateman they drafted Marquise Brown that's fair to say but I mean I really think that they failed him in free agency this year I know we talked about that a lot over over the over the months of free agency um and I just I don't know I mean this is this I agree with you. Like you can only be this run heavy team for so long. The Bills were kind of like that, you know, a few years ago, like before the arrival of Josh Allen, they were this like with Sherrod Taylor, like at their peak, like the, the peak of of LeSean McCoy's time in Buffalo was that they they led the league in rushing, like as a team, like over and over and over again, and that can work to a certain sustainable degree. But I and Lamar is far more talented than any quarterback that Buffalo had in that stretch. But I mean, I just I feel for him because everything is set up for those those really bad takes to kind of shine and be proven what they will seem to be as right. But they really aren't. 
I loved his response too. He's basically like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like, yeah, that was a very nice way of just saying, "Screw you." Like, that's good on Lamar. He shouldn't have to put up with that. No other quarterback gets presented like that. Was it when is the year that Tom Brady is going to get quote unquote figured out? If anybody was going to get figured out, you would think it would be a standard pocket passer like Tom Brady, right? Because He's not doing all these dynamic things back there. What's to figure out with Lamar Jackson when he's making three guys miss and running for a first down? Like, we've figured it out. You're supposed to tackle him, but you can't. I'm not trying to fast forward through the season, and I'm not trying to will away Michael Gallup from the Dallas Cowboys. But if he does leave in free agency next year, I want him to go to Baltimore. Like, that's the that's the one spot I want him to end up at. Like, we all have places where, like, you know, you're like, oh, he went there. Like, I'm, I'm cool with that, too. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cool with Baltimore, you know, as a Cowboys fan. And I would love to see Michael Gallup continue to prosper. And I think that can happen with Lamar. And I think Lamar with, again, a stable set of options and a stable set of weapons can really shine. And then what will happen will be like, oh, Lamar really went back because he got figured out and he developed all these new things. Like, no, he didn't. Like, we don't have to do this. Like, again, to use stats, it's not we don't have to invent reasons why Lamar is not good because there aren't any. And if. If another quarterback had a bad year, would anybody be saying, oh, he got figured out? No, they would say he had a bad year. But with Lamar Jackson, somehow it's like it's like it's at such a subtle like jab at him about like that his somehow this invalidates his previous success because now we figured him out like no other quarterback gets treated like that. It's because people like to have their priors confirmed stats. So. People like to be all, I never saw it. I, I I said it all along. He was a great college player, but it was never going to work in the NFL. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so people want to have their priors confirmed to the, so this whole point, like, I mean, you're right. They don't say this about anybody. Like, so is Taysom Hill going to get figured out? Like at a certain point, like, or, or why, why are we willing to afford the benefit of the doubt to Taysom Hill, uh, to Ryan Fitzpatrick? We're, we're so willing to afford the benefit of the doubt. People are, doing are you know doing absolutely everything they can to completely absolutely shine a light on Ryan Fitzpatrick but they're not willing to do that for uh Lamar Jackson. Do you know how many times a Ryan Fitzpatrick led team has been to the playoffs stats in his whole Zero? career? Is that your official guest? Sure. Like official official. Just tell me the answer please. He has never been to the playoffs in 16 seasons. And and we're over here like watch out, <laughs> like you know this <laughs> this offense now. Oh my gosh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has arrived. And I know I'm like the resident Ryan Fitzpatrickator, so I'm not trying to turn this into that. But that's like my point is like we're so because he's a meme. You know what I mean? Because he's fun. You know what I mean? Like for whatever reason, people don't find Lamar Jackson to be fun, so they look for these tiny little things to make up. You know, we're circling around it, but I'm just going to flat out say it because there's a there's another difference between Lamar Jackson and the other quarterbacks that you've mentioned. Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, those dudes are white and Lamar's black. And do you think that there's a racial component to this? I don't know. I mean, I I certainly can't speak, you know, about everybody because there are a a lot of Lamar Jackson haters, you know, that vary across like, you know, analysts and fans and just random football people and whatever. Um, and so, you know, I certainly can't, you know, uh, pinpoint why each and every single person doesn't like him. I, I mean, I looking at this from a football perspective, I do think that people 
I, I think he, he didn't come from a place that people really knew. Like, not a lot of people watched Louisville football. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think people always kind of saw him, you know, as a highlight thing. You know what I mean? And so when you don't see the whole the wholeness of it all, like, you you get fed in, in smaller bites from it. And so I think people don't really even know who he is. Like, I, you know what I mean? I think people are just kind of halfway checked in on him. And so they, they don't have enough, you know, uh, enough time spent to develop a full take. So th- this is the easier way out. I just feel like I've heard this figured out thing before, and I feel like whenever I have, it's always been a quarterback that isn't white. They said the same thing about Colin Kaepernick. Oh, he was good in 2012, and then the league figured him out. And we just ignored the fact that the roster eroded and the coaching went from Jim Harbaugh to Jim Tom Sula to Chip freaking Kelly. Like, nope, they figured him great. out. Please don't speak ill of him. They figured him out. Like, I just feel like we only apply that to one kind of quarterback, and it usually ain't the white guys. That's all I'm saying. I I mean, I'm trying to think of, of quarterbacks around the league right now and thinking of if anybody is also, has been given this sort of label. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody has ever worried about Kirk Cousins getting figured out or right. worried, worried about um, – I don't know. Um you there went are, to the whitest white quarterback in the league. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at my mini helmet collection, and so like I I went from the NFC East, and the NFC North was my next stop. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I also think, I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford. Like, we're not worried about him having already been figured out. You know what I mean? Like, just and some of it is like, okay, well, the Matthew Stafford ver- or like Sean McVay version hasn't been figured out yet. So I I do understand that, but like. There are a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players in general. This goes beyond just the quarterbacks who a lot of people are willing to give second chances to. And there are other people who people don't even really allow the first chance to fully and totally develop. I feel that way about Dak Prescott, but some of that is is Dak is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You know what I mean? So like that 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 is natural just and inherent to the position specifically, but yeah, there are a lot of people who get a lot of chances um again, at different positions that Lamar hasn't gotten. Except that Lamar hasn't like burned through a first chance. He's been great since he's come. He's won the MVP. Like think about it. Carson Wentz got has you know what I mean? Like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year, who now is also even coming off of injury, is like, watch out, you know, Carson's back at practice. The Colts, hey, they might be back in this thing. Philadelphia might get that first round pick after all. You know what I mean? Like, like we there are so many people who are willing to give all these chances to all these different players. It's crazy to me. And so, I don't know, Kyle Barber, you hear that? I'm defending your guy. I just want everybody to know, everybody at Baltimore beat down. I like Lamar, okay? Mm, not as much cool, as I do. And I thought we should call it out. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, there's some games this weekend. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. Maybe not the game specifically, but the storylines coming out uh, for certain teams. So we'll do that when we return. Ow! Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, RJ, we've got plenty of games starting with tomorrow. So let's get right to it. Indy at Detroit. Carson Wentz is not going to play in this one. We were just talking about him. There were already question marks before the foot injury. Now he's coming back already. We thought he could be out till like the middle of the season. Apparently he's going to be back. Have your expectations for him changed at all? Not at all. Um, I don't think this is going to work well. I'm hopeful just because of the memes that it will provide for the Eagles. Like, <laughs> wow, you let this guy go. But I mean, let's be real here. I, the, Chris Ballard gets a lot of love and I don't want to hate on Chris Ballard. This week, actually, the athletic had their yes. anonymous uh, agent survey and they all generally agree that Chris Ballard's the best talent evaluator in the NFL. I don't disagree with that, but this is such a reckless decision. You know what I mean? Like to, to go down this path with Carson Wentz. And so, I, I feel like it's not getting – I don't know that it's at a point where, like, it's ready to be criticized, but I feel like people are not as as willing to, like, jump on the criticism train with the Colts on this. Like, they made this bed. You know what I mean? This is a really, really uncomfortable bed, and they made it. Like, they, they got the little buttons, and they, like, lifted the legs and the multiple gravity chambers or whatever those, like, fancy beds have. And, like, now they're in this super, like, awkward, contorted place, and they're like, well, this sucks. It's like, yeah. Who did this? You did this. Um, so I'm really curious. I'm. I actually think that they might be in a more the the most volatile like result of the season is more volatile for Indianapolis than it is Detroit. I feel like there's two ways this can go, right? And it's all about how you frame it, and it'll be framed by obviously what happens. If Wentz is bad, people are going to say, "Of course he was bad. You traded for the worst quarterback in the league, who's injury prone, and you brought that guy in to be your starter, and you thought it was going to work." Whereas if he's good, people are going to say, oh, you saw the diamond in the rough. You looked past the struggles that he had in Philadelphia. You brought his old coach back and you were able to make it work. I just it, it to me, it feels like uh, stats. Have you ever seen an episode of Fixer Upper? No. You've never seen this on. I think it's on HGTV. Did I stutter? It's a real. OK, well, I, I, I actually think you have <laughs> and you really don't like the show based on the answer. But uh, it's a show about a. Uh, a couple. I don't know the status of the couple. I, the, you know, people that are more into pop culture than I am can update me. Uh, but they they find a house that is like in terrible condition. Um, they, you know, they're working with somebody. Somebody buys the house for a lower value than it's worth. They fix it up, hence the name. And then they do the big reveal, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is the same house. And like, unless you are like professionals who work for Home Garden Television, is that what HGTV stands for? Um, you yep. know, unless you're like those professionals, 
it's hard. It's hard to like fix up a house. You know what I mean? And that's what Indianapolis has tried to do here. But they're not trying to fix up a house. They're trying to fix up like a a 500 story building. You know what I mean? In in an NFL quarterback who has been through some stuff. And an NFL quarterback who doesn't really acknowledge that any of it is his fault, which I think is obviously a huge roadblock mm. when it comes to trying to reform somebody. Uh, let's go to Eagles and Jets. And I feel like it's not been getting a lot of love, but I think it's pretty clear that Zach Wilson has been the best of the rookie quarterbacks this preseason. Mm, the disrespect for Mac Jones, but um, he has been really good. And, and so I, I think that that is important. And I think the Carl Lawson stuff maybe like just took some air out of the Jets balloon might be the, the reason. But yeah, I, I think there's all the reason in the world to be excited about the long term future of Zach Wilson. I think he's in a more unique spot or more traditional spot rather than Mac Jones or, or Justin Fields, because Mac Jones and Justin Fields, there is a path. I, I think we could both see where they come in and quarterback playoff teams this year because the, what's around them is a little bit more stable. I think we know that this Jets team is going to be bad. But it's it's a it's a, you know it's a year where we're gonna learn. It feels like Andrew Luck's rookie year, although that was a a, a playoff team, obviously. But I mean, if it, it feels like this is just about garnering data. This is just about establishing who he is. It's it's a process. It's a long build. Robert Sala, etc. Um, Elijah Moore. I mean, there's a lot to really like. I'm I'm optimistic about this project. If you go to like seven and ten and you're the Jets this year, that's a massive success. And Wilson plays well. Like you have like the Justin Herbert year of last year. That's a, that's a huge success for the Jets. That's all about finding out how good Wilson can be. Minnesota, Kansas City, this is a get-out game. Just get everybody out of the game healthy. There's not really a huge thing we're looking to see. Next up, Pittsburgh and Carolina. And I'm, I'm got to be – I have to see it, RJ. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this whole Sam Darnold thing, like, it's not going to work. I feel like I'm crazy. I'm screaming into the wind here. Nobody seems to believe it. Like, he's not going to be that good. He can't play. We give the Colts a hard time about trading for Carson Wentz this offseason when there was, I wouldn't say so much quarterback movement, but so much discussed quarterback uh, movement. Matthew Stafford, the Panthers were in on, right? It was reported. They made a, a big time offer, but the Rams acquiesced to his request to head out to the Rams uh, over the Panthers, which is really nice of them. So if you're the Panthers and you were willing to give that much up for Matthew Stafford, why on earth did you then say, you know, we're good. <laughs> we'll, we'll just take Sam Donald. That is perplexing to me. And they passed on Justin Fields. Oh, man. I can't wait to see how the Broncos and the Panthers and the Eagles and the Giants all react to having passed on what is going to be this year's NFL Rookie of the Year. Oh, a bold statement from RJ. You just kind of slipped right. that in there like I wasn't going to notice. Oh, I knew you were going to notice. That's how I roll. Let's go to the Saturday games now. Green Bay and Buffalo, the Jordan Love show continues. Do you believe that there was a code red last week that, that Aaron Rodgers was like, pump the brakes, man. This this kid looked too good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm i not down with this. I I believe that to like a 5% degree at the absolute most. I think that he's watching the games and he doesn't get that upset if Jordan Love gets sacked or throws a pick. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, this game is interesting. I am so pumped, and this is weird, to watch Mitchell Trubisky. I, I've said this before. I think that is one of the more underrated signings throughout the entire NFL because 
I mean, like to look at the Cowboys right now, you know, every, a lot of things we've been talking about at blogging the boys are, is the quarterback two situation with Dallas and which has obviously been a little bit more highlighted in the Dak Prescott, um, uh, of the last month that, uh, some of my colleagues at SB nation have completely panicked over in a really embarrassing way, but I won't name names. Uh, but I love when a team, I wouldn't say doubles down, but I guess hedges their bet. And if Josh Allen has to miss a game or two, I'm not at all trying to overreact to what Mitchell Trubisky did last week in Chicago. I, but he is he's among the very best QB twos in the NFL. He really is. And I, I think you you should invest in that position. It's the most important position. I mean, their roster is too good. Like you don't want to lose this time. You don't want to lose. What if he had to miss a month? You know what I mean? Like, I do think Mitchell Trubisky is capable of that. I thought Andy Dalton was capable of that kind of role last year. He was unfortunately thrusted into a larger role um, that he he's not able to hold. But I, I think that Mitchell Trubisky is the ideal guy for that. There, there are different kinds of backups. There's the backup that's looking to get back in the game, like Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota, which hasn't ultimately worked out. But then there's the guy who is borderline. He's, he's not good enough to start a whole season for you, but he's good enough for just a flash in a pan. And, and by good enough, I mean can just win you games, not can light the world on fire. And I really think that that's Mitchell Trubisky this year. Kyle Shanahan has talked a lot about this because obviously he's had quarterback injuries pretty much every season. He's been the coach of the 49ers. And what he basically said was, if your backup has to play for an extended amount of time, they're going to get exposed because there's just not 64 quarterbacks that are capable of being long-term NFL starters. But what you want is exactly what you're talking about. A guy that can come in and keep the train on the tracks. We saw it with Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans when he was there. Just a guy that can keep us afloat until we can get the starter back. And I agree with you. There are two different kinds of quarterbacks. And the thing I like about Buffalo is they don't have to change the offense because Trubisky is very, very mobile as well. He can scramble. So they can kind of keep things in place so it's not going to be totally different for everybody if Trubisky does have to come in for a couple games during the year. Yeah, I I like this situation so much more than I do even – uh, Chase Daniel or Chad Henney or, you know, like this is a much it's a, it's a higher floor for me. The ceiling is not high, but the floor is much higher than it is for just about every single team. I can't think of a of a I mean, you could look at like New England. I don't know if I believe that, but like, you know, like if we're talking like situations where there is a cemented starting quarterback and his backup, I don't know of a better situation than Buffalo. I really think that that is such a, an, an important move that happened this offseason. So I'm excited to watch Mitchell Trubisky to see if he can continue the pace he's on. Let's keep it rolling here. Next up, Baltimore and Washington. Maybe they Lamar hasn't played. I don't know if he's going to play in this one, but maybe they don't play him because, you know, he could get figured out. Yeah, and maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick will throw for 500 yards since he's amazing. Um, I mean, this... <laughs> you hate uh, him. I just think that... Whatever. I'm not going to relitigate this, but um, this will be... Mildly interesting, I suppose. The Ravens' preseason streak is on the line in a in a rivalry game. This is what's is, there's there's got to be a name for this game, right? Like I don't know what it is, but like you're the, the only one that cares about the Ravens' preseason winning streak, dude. It's cool. I mean, it's not like you know, I wouldn't, you know, if it was like I could watch the fourth quarter of this game or the new episode of Ted Lasso, like the decision's easy. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's. You know, it's something to keep track of. You know, like it, I don't mind getting like push notifications about it on my phone. That's where I'm at with this. Oh, God. All right. Let's move on. You hate Ted Lasso, don't you? I knew never it. seen it. I wish I could. I don't have Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Chicago at Tennessee. And this is the only thing about this game that sticks out to me, RJ, because of the decision the Bears have made to say Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. 
every time Justin Fields goes out and plays well, it makes the Bears look dumb because they're not starting him. Whereas before, every time he went out and balled out, it makes the Bears look so much smarter for trading up to get him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it is hard. I mean, like I'm talking, it is actually difficult to become unlikable when you have a rookie quarterback who is balling. And I'm not saying that Justin Fields has been balling, but he has shown signs of promise. He has shown signs of pizzazz. He's shown signs of swagger. He's shown reasons to believe, if you're a Bears fan, why the team traded up to get him. Like, he's shown reasons for you to go buy his jersey, is, is I guess, maybe the best way to put it. Like, in, in that same vein, Jason Garrett was coach of the year during Dak Prescott's rookie season. Like, that, that's, how, that's how hard it is to become unlikable in this role. Yet Matt Nagy has somehow found a way to do this. I really enjoyed, um, I forget what podcast it was. I listened to one earlier this week uh, talking about head coaches most likely to get fired. And I really uh-huh. agree. Uh, <laughs> I really, yeah, it was the odd case. Everybody go listen, fine. Um, I, I actually think Matt Nagy might be number one because like he is bottling this. And I, it's it's not a difficult situation. Like I understand Fine, you know, you don't want his his first, you know, game to to be, you know, rough. You don't want to, to start his career that way. You know what? Justin Fields is a pretty big boy. I think he can handle this. You know, like Justin Fields has played some pretty big time football. Like I think he's ready. I mean, you trade it up, Matt Nagy. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Your life as the Bears head coach is sort of hanging in the balance. I like this the hubris here to be like, well, he's starting the final preseason game because Andy Dalton is my star. This actually, and I feel badly for Andy Dalton, because I, I think that Matt Nagy's like making him look like a putz. You know what I mean? Because like he's he's like protecting him. And, you know, and, and I feel bad for Andy Dalton. I thought Justin Fields' comment about like, hey, everybody respect Andy was awesome. But like it just, none of that, works for Andy Dalton and and I don't like Andy can't be mad about it but it's just a, it's a really uncomfortable situation and there are bad situations in the NFL that happen because bad things happen but the only reason that uncomfortable situations happen is because people let them and right now that's Matt Nagy dysfunctional organizations do dysfunctional things and when you see the Bears that have basically in their entire franchise history one of the oldest franchises in the NFL has had one franchise quarterback in their entire history. And stuff like this is part of the reason why. Let's move on. Arizona and New Orleans. Jameis Winston took a huge step forward in his last game. Seems like the report was he's the, quote, leader in the clubhouse to be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. A couple of things. One, I think that's the smart thing for the Saints to do because they literally need Taysom Hill to line up at other positions to be a wide receiver or a running back. And number two, if Sean Payton can do what no other NFL head coach has done, and that's somehow get Jameis Winston to stop turning over the football, he deserves a massive, massive amount of credit. I know that power ranking is sort of the odd castest thing, but um, in my power rankings of things that are definitely most likely going to upset Rob Stats Guerrera in 2021, it's the New Orleans Saints being really good and Jameis Winston being the reason why. I'm not like sold, sold. But I am definitely of the mindset, like, okay, this is not the worst experiment that New Orleans could have partaken in the post-Drew Brees era. And I am f- this, this might be the most fascinating storyline going on in the NFL, because you're right. If he can resuscitate Jameis Winston, and in, in the division, you know, like, that would be such 
theater, such great theater. If if he did that against Tampa, if Jameis, you know, led the Saints to a division title over the Bucks, True. I don't know, like that would be amazing. I will say that Jameis's problem is not that he is not capable of making big time throws because he absolutely is. He always has been. It's the problem that his highs might be high, but his lows are so low. So if you could cut down on those just a little, you might have something there. It's just that no coach has been able to do it. And it's not like he's had a crop fest of coaches. He's had some like Bruce Arians is a really, really good head coach. Obviously, he just won the Super Bowl. He couldn't fix Jameis Winston. So if Sean Payton can, that to me, like that is a massive feather in the cap of the Saints head coach. Mm. Stats, big time Sean Payton fan. Nice. Love <laughs> to see it. Tampa Bay and Houston, that's another get-out game. Nobody get hurt, especially for the Bucs. Like, they really could care less about this game against Houston. The Rams and the Broncos, congratulations, Teddy Bridgewater. You win the job. The Rams, by the way, are so desperate. When they make this trade for Sony Michelle, like, they're literally trading draft picks they don't even have yet, RJ. Like, the league actually made them rework the terms of the deal because they were like, you don't have this pick. You cannot trade it. So they actually had to rework it. There's nobody that's more all-in than the Rams, except for maybe the Bucs, but that's only because of Brady's age. Like, the Rams are just, they're not going to draft ever again. They are pushing everything into the center of the table. This is an interesting move, the Sonny Michelle trade. Like, I don't know how much I believe this is, like, I don't know to what degree I think the Rams are going to involve Sonny Michelle. Like, I I don't know if this is the move that, like, every fantasy owner in the world is like, holy crap, I got to go pick him up off the way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's that. Um, but th- this is, we, uh, we didn't, we haven't talked about this yet, but, uh, we talked about it before we started recording the Matthew Stafford feature that came out, uh, in ESPN that Seth Wickersham wrote. This thing was like 10,000 words. I mean, it was massive. Like they have, I did not totally believe when the Rams moved to Los Angeles that they were going to become this like face of the NFL team, but they really, that, that effect really has happened. They have become this team that gets a lot of attention and a lot of discussion and a lot of just general pub because they are the like premier LA team. I really am surprised just personally that that, that wound up happening. It's only going to get worse, RJ, because there's going to be Super Bowls. Why well, in the NFL Network headquarters at their stadium? And the combine is going to be moving there. Like it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Makes sense. That's why nobody ever criticizes Sean McVay. Interesting. <laughs> Speaking of LA, Chargers and Seattle, again, to me, nothing really to dive into in this one. Everybody stay healthy. Let's go to Sunday's games now. The Jags and the Cowboys. Can you believe it, RJ? Can you believe that Trevor Lawrence won the quarterback competition in Jacksonville? It's absolutely stunning. Um, truly shocking. Just super unpredictable stuff. Um, I think that you know, this is a, a nationally televised game, which is, uh, you know, somewhat rare for the preseason. And I don't mean like it's on NFL Network because NFL Network carries a lot of preseason games. This is nationally televised. And I think that the thought behind it was we'll get Trevor Lawrence, we'll get the Cowboys, and Tebow will be on the roster. Well, Tebow's <laughs> not on the roster anymore. I don't think Trevor Lawrence will play much. Cowboys aren't going to play their starters. Um, so, yeah, all, all I want to say about this game is the last time the Jaguars played um, at Dallas, um, Tyrone Crawford, when walking into the locker room, said, stop talking shit about our offense. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I just look, I know it's a preseason game and they don't count, but they do matter. And I just want to point out so far, the Jags first string offense has managed just three points in the first half of games this preseason. Like 
Yeah, it doesn't count, but they have to be better. Urban Meyer has said it. Trevor Lawrence has said it. So you'd like to see them show something, uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. Miami and Cincinnati. A stats, um, you know, we're, we're all about transparency here. A little bit of news as, uh, as we're recording. Uh, breaking right now. We don't have like a breaking news sound effect. But... I'll put one in. Don't worry. The, uh, the Tennessee Titans announced that quarterback Ryan Tannehill is going on the reserve COVID-19 list. Ooh. Um, Titans general manager John Robinson just now said that the team is 97% vaccinated. Um, so no word yet if it was a positive test or close contact tracing. Uh, but t- Ryan Tannehill, the regular season begins two weeks from today, actually. The Cowboys at Tampa Bay. And so um, this is, you know, I, I don't want to make this about the Cowboys, but last week, just as the Cowboys game against the Texans was beginning, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and defensive lineman Carlos Watkins had to leave the stadium out of an abundance of caution. And it was this stark reminder, in case anyone needs one, that like this is still a thing. Like this, this is not this is going to be a factor. There are going to be players, unfortunately, in all likelihood, that this is going like what if what if the Titans are playing today? You know what I mean? What if they were playing on Sunday? Like, you know, there's a lot of questions right now. And it goes back to what you were saying. Like quarterback is an important position that you have to invest in. And like, if this was Buffalo, obviously it would be a blow, but you're like, all right, Mitchell Trubisky, like we, we still got a shot to win this game. It's a little different if you don't have uh, such a stable backup situation. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough, man. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Friend of the show, Buck rising just tweeted who does a lot of work and host radio in, uh, in Nashville. Is this football season going to be just like last football season? I think the answer, unfortunately is yes. Like this is, this is a thing. Like this is going to be a thing all season long. Yeah. It's not going away. And as much as we might be fatigued with it, that's just not how it works. It doesn't, the disease does not care how tired of the life adjustments that we've had to make. We are. Uh, Adam Schefter. Now this is all happening literally as we are talking. Uh, the Titans are now dealing with at least three player cases and two coach cases with COVID per sources. So um, I don't know if that qualifies and I'm not being sarcastic at all um, as an outbreak, uh, but this, th- this did happen to the Cowboys too this week. Uh, again, for anyone who doesn't follow uh, this team, but Dan Quinn and Carlos Watkins last Saturday on Monday, the Cowboys placed three more players on the reserve COVID list to bring their player total up to four and then on Wednesday, the Cowboys placed two more players to bring their player list up to six. Although one of the pre- the players who was placed on Monday, Israel Mukwamu, uh, did practice on Wednesday. So he seemingly is off of the list. But Cowboys had six players placed on the COVID list in totality last season and had six just this week at one point in time. Look, a big part of your success during the season is managing injuries. And a big part of the success last year and obviously this year is going to be how well your team follows the protocols and and frankly, kind of how lucky you get in some cases as to whether or not you're exposed, whether you play other teams that have outbreaks, that's going to be a huge, huge thing to watch this year. Right. And this remember um, started on Sunday when Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel himself tested positive. So um, things aren't going away for Tennessee. Let's get back, finish the rip through. Oh, the games, Miami and Cincinnati, Joe Burrow's actually going to see the field a little bit, RJ, which is good because frankly, This is looking like a disaster season in Cincinnati. The reports about Burrow haven't been good. Jamar Chase is dropping every ball he gets. Like, we've seen this kind of setup from the Bengals before. Do you think that Burrow can save them? No, I really don't. Uh, This, (laughs) this, 
this is an uncomfortable situation because of like ownership. Matt Nagy has somehow superseded that level of uncomfortableness all by himself in Chicago. Uh, but this is this is tough cookies, man. I mean, what if Jamar Chase has some drops from Joe Burrow? You know what I mean? Like last week it was like, hey, this is Brandon Allen. You know what I mean? Like it's it's going to be different. Like what if that happens? Like they, they are off onto like such a left foot and they have been for a long time. Like everything about this situation is so wonky. Um, I I am very, very, very low on the Bengals this year. The countdown to the end of the Zach Taylor era has officially begun. Vegas and San Francisco, RJ. And just give me two minutes here because – Jimmy Garoppolo's comments yesterday all but confirmed that the 49ers are going to run a two-quarterback system. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it loud. I'm saying it everywhere. That is dumb. That is a hideously bad decision by the San Francisco 49ers. If they do it, it makes no sense. It makes every single aspect of the team weaker. It takes away reps from Jimmy Garoppolo. It makes him weaker. It takes away reps from Trey Lance. It stunts his development. It makes it harder on the receivers and the tight ends because they got to adjust to two different quarterbacks. It makes them weaker. It helps nobody. And I just think that this is Kyle Shanahan. You know, just because you're the smartest guy in the room doesn't mean you're always right. And Kyle runs the 49ers and there's nobody there that's telling him that this is a bad idea and he shouldn't do it. That might be the most real thing I've ever heard you say about Kyle Shanahan. Honestly, Um, he... I've used the word hubris already. There's a lot of arrogance to Kyle Shanahan and that's okay. Like that's like, I've said that for years about the Cowboys. Like, and people take it the wrong way. Like arrogance is fine. You know what I mean? Like if, if you can devise the best offense in the NFL and nobody can stop it, you have every right to be arrogant. Like that's, you know, the, su- <laughs> the success like supports that idea. But yeah, this is, this is him trying to get way too cute. You know, this, the, I mean, I don't know that anyone's ever like said this. I don't know if this is like a Parcellsism, but like if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You know what I mean? And so like this is dumb. This it's it's actually dumb. This is in a in a particular way dumber than it, at least in Matt Nagy committing to Andy Dalton. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it is silly and stupid. Just you you know, I understand Trey Lance is a little raw and you're a little bit worried about. It. Then just start Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like, but if you are, but I'm I'm of the belief personally, like just start Trey. You know what I mean? Like you've 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 of gone course. through all this. I know. Like I don't I don't know anyone outside of the Garoppolo stands, which I've never seen one myself in the wild, but I believe you that they exist. Uh, that really believe that he should play. But hey, you know, and it's like he he reminds me of Jalen Smith. Not that he is like super outward about celebrating um, inefficient moments, but in that. Because the the general thought is like, well, what are you going to do with him? Like, just let him be a really expensive backup. Yeah. that's what you're going to do with him. Like, it's unfortunate, but guess what? It's not your money, general San Francisco 49ers fan. Like, just let him be a really expensive backup. It's totally fine. And uh, Garoppolo said that he's talked to Drew Brees about, you know, life in a two-quarterback system. But, like, at least with the Saints, it was, hey, we'll take the accuracy and the intelligence of Drew Brees and we'll combine that with the mobility and the playmaking ability of Taysom Hill. In San Francisco, it's like, okay, we'll take the playmaking ability of Trey Lance and combine that with the what of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Passing accuracy? Nope. Can't do that. Protecting the football? Nope. Can't do that. Like, what is the part of Jimmy Garoppolo that you're trying to keep? The veteran experience. <laughs> but he plays like a rookie still. Okay. I mean, you asked the question. That's the answer is the veteran experience. Um, this is, I mean, right now, um, 
I actually have never known the answer to this. Maybe you can educate me. Frankenstein was the doctor, right? Like that created him. I didn't know. I I just, I wanted to be sure. That's who Kyle Shanahan is. He's Dr. Frankenstein. Like he's trying to build, he's trying to say, well, if I take Jimmy's memories, you know what I mean? And and I, I, I put them in Trey Lance's body. You know what I mean? Like I will have the ultimate quarterback. It's so stupid. It's like that old Seinfeld episode where Jerry and George team up to try and be one adequate boyfriend. You know, like that's what they're attempting to do. And it's like, how about you just start this guy that you traded three first round picks for? All right, I'm done. Uh, Patriots, Giants, Cam is back, which I think, honestly, not a moment too soon if you're rooting for Cam Newton to win the starting job because everything we're seeing, RJ, is that Mac Jones has been impressive again and again and again. Yep, this is a very fascinating situation. Um, I... I'm rooting for both. Like, that's a really rare circumstance for me. I want to see Cam prosper. I want to see Mac prosper. Um, I I know that you kind of had this take uh, on a recent episode of the podcast. Like, I'm kind of rooting for the Patriots. Like, <laughs> like there's there's something somewhat likable about what they're going through here. I, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I will say I'm a little disappointed that the John New Smith thing hasn't, like, I really was hoping we'd get like, he is destroying everybody at training camp. So that doesn't really seem to be taking hold. Um, but the quarterback issue is fun at the very least. Uh, Daniel Jones is expected to play for the New York Giants. So uh, watch out. Watch out. He might fall down in the open field. Brace yourself. Last game, Cleveland and Atlanta. And this is something that I haven't been able to say about the Browns. And I heard Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the team for the Cleveland Plain Dealers, say this. She said, quote, this is the most normal team I've ever covered. There's been nothing crazy with the Browns. Like, it's unbelievable. It's it's like a, they were good last year. They're looking like they're going to be good again this year. And so far, like, everything is going according to plan. Yeah. Um, I haven't specifically looked, but I don't know how they wouldn't be the favorites to win the AFC North. Um, you know, this is – we've seen other somewhat rebuilds happen, but – this one feels like it's like working like the Jacksonville rebuild kind of like whimpered out at the end. Um, the Miami rebuild has yet to totally happen. Like it does feel like the final or maybe not final, but the next step of the Browns rebuild is to win the division. Like the, the playoff appearance, the playoff win, taking the chiefs to the brink was really, really great last year. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this team, but yeah, like they have done a great job. And like the Jaguars did not do a great job of this, of not buying into the hype themselves you know what mm. i mean like that they, they have not overly thought like we're amazing we're great we're whatever like we've arrived the jaguars like kind of circa 2017 18 really remember the like saxonville stuff like they were all about it. the browns are just like hey we're gonna keep doing it i i'm i'm interested to see how this ultimately progresses good for cleveland you know like i'm i'm all for the browns being good they've been so bad for so long and by the way the AFC North odds, according to DraftKings, the Ravens are the favorites at plus 110. Cleveland's actually second at plus 155. Where are you plunking down your money, RJ? I'll take Cleveland, although I still believe in Lamar Jackson. Don't worry, Kyle. We got you. Um, Steelers are at plus 500. Like, if you're buying into Matt Canada there and that he's going to revive Ben's career, like, plus 500 is a pretty good number. By the way, if I didn't uh, explain it earlier, plus 110 for the Ravens to win the division means if you bet $100, you win $110. So that didn't, I always want to explain that for people that may not be heavy into the gambling. All right, RJ, that's going to do it. Final week of the preseason is here. We're going to get through it. Hopefully, nobody gets hurt. Want to remind you again if you haven't subscribed to the SB Nation NFL show, 
please do it now. If you leave a question in your review, I promise you we will read it on the air and we will answer it, no matter how ridiculous or crazy or fun it might be. Shout out, Everyday Gourmet. That's right. Go find your lunch spot, people. It's nice to have a, a lunch spot that you can rely on. It's a warm feeling. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.